You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Final hour on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Coming up, we'll talk to Dean Blandino. Dean used to be the head of NFL officials. Now, of course, he works for Fox with uh, the NFL and college football as a rules analyst. Got some rules, proposed rules that are going to be voted on later on this week. I want to talk to him about the Sky Judge. They're going to vote on the kickoff. If you're able to do that twice during a game where you, uh, instead of the onside kick, you're going to have the opportunity on a fourth and 15 from your own 25. And I, it feels like it's going to pass. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with the Sky Judge. This is what I was told yesterday by uh, somebody with the NFL. The sky judge is there to help out. If there's a call that's made, the sky judge is basically there to say, we got a spill in aisle six here. Clean up in aisle six here, guys. And But I don't think the sky judge can initiate a call because this is what I was told yesterday. There's concern that the sky judge is going to see a lot of things that weren't called. And are you able to say you got a really bad hold over here on this wide receiver on Julio Jones? Can you call down and then, you know, then they will throw a flag on that. Are you only going to judge what you're told to see when there's a call? Then you because keep in mind, there was no flag on the play in New Orleans between the Rams and the Saints. There was no flag. Can can then you the sky judge call down and say, let's huddle up here, guys, because we made a mistake. Because that's what would happen. And then you're giving the sky judge a little bit more power here. And that's what I think is making some people in the NFL nervous. Yeah, Paulie. What if there's a, a long touchdown pass, and when they go to replay, they see the offensive lineman having his hands to the face mask of the rushing defensive lineman, obvious grabbing of the face mask, illegal hands to the face. The sky judge sees this instantaneously. Can he initiate a call away from the ball? Well, that would have had to have happened with the Saints-Rams game is he has to call down to say, guys, you missed this, even though there was no flag on the play. That, that's the gray area. I'm not sure about the sky judge. I like the sky judge if the sky judge helps them make the correct call. I, and I think they weren't totally committed to the pass interference replay last year. I get the feeling that we put it in the books just to placate everybody. Like, okay, we get it. We made a mistake. Saints Rams. So now you can review this. I just don't know if the NFL fully embraced that last year. I wasn't a, a proponent of it because you made one bad call. That doesn't mean you have to overturn everything that you put in place before. Just get the call right. I mean, something as simple of as get the call right. You don't have to go. We have to implement a new system here. Yeah, McLovin. Remember how much people hated all the holding calls early last season until Tom Brady put a kibosh on it by yeah. tweeting about it? Yeah. So more. it sounds like the system you described means more calls. As long as that person helps the call that is made. If, if, it, if you need help from a, you know, somebody who is part of the crew, then I'm in favor of you getting it right. I just, it used to be instant replay. It's just called replay now, which I find interesting. Remember? Hey, it's instant replay. Now it's, it could take a couple of minutes replay. And I have a problem with that. And then you'll be watching, you'll go, okay, that's obvious. Okay, you're still watching. Now let's look at another angle. No, it's still obvious. Now nah, here's another, and it's still obvious. 
And then four minutes later, you go, and the ruling on the field stands. And you're going, okay. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Say good morning to our TV partners, youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. It's a small group back there. They have their little room. We built a control room. And uh, I got the big German. I got his dog, Penny. I got Tyler, the moderator, handling chat row. Chat row t-shirts, I'm guessing, should be here in the studio coming up this week. At least I hope so. And uh, we got Dylan, who does graphics. No longer, uh, he, he graduated. He doesn't get us breakfast anymore. He graduated to doing the graphics. Mario is back in the man cave as well. Chat row, I'm sure, will love that. We're going to stay with the poll question there, McLovin? So we put up a new poll question. Are you okay with networks pumping in mm. fake crowd noise? Okay. And the early results are strongly one-sided. No. No. 82% All right, no. let's go around the room, because I was listening to the Bundesliga over the weekend on radio again, and they pumped in fake crowd noise. I just like saying the Bundesliga. But uh, they used fake crowd noise, and I, I thought it made it entertaining. Yeah, Seaton. I did like when they put cardboard cutout fans in the stand. That's pretty <laughs> funny. And it did fill up that empty space that it didn't feel so barren. Wasn't it a baseball team in Korea that put sex dolls in the yep. stands? I'm uh, sitting in for Todd here to say, yes, that was mm. true. Yeah. I, Todd sent that story around eight Yes, times. he did. I did. Yeah, I know. But to make sure everybody got it. Thank you, Todd. Uh, McLovin, what do you think of fake crowd noise? I prefer they not do it and just go, oh, natural. Okay. Paulie? Same. I, I see the network's doing it because they don't want it to sound sterile and boring, but I want a couple months before this all goes back to normal of hearing the player huddles and what players say mm. to each other because we're never going to hear it again. We're never going to have the opportunity to hear LeBron James yelling at his teammates. Uh, he doesn't yell at his teammates. We'll find out. No, he doesn't. Todd? Yeah, however it sounds in the stadium is uh, how I want it to sound. I want it to be authentic because it'll be on my mind every time you're hearing that fake laughter that it's not uh, genuine. Sometimes when we do play of the day, not exactly a hot take there, Todd, but play of the day, <laughs> you know, that if we have something that's uh, over a year old, you just hear the crowd noise and then you miss that. And that and that's where you, you don't realize it. And then all of a sudden you hear it and you go, yes, that's we miss that that natural reaction there. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd. Nice. Yeah. That's when Bill Hader came in to the New York studio. Mm. And Bill Hader is a funny guy. But Todd had his microphone on. And normally the Danettes don't have their microphones on when we have a guest on. So I do the interview. And all of a sudden, Toddler, he let out a nice belly laugh. <laughs> the guy, he was fantastic. The guy, he, he shot me. Shot you a dirty look? <laughs> no, no, no. He shot me with a gun. Uh, did you realize your microphone was on? I don't think I did because that was just ridiculous. No one's that funny, but I just I got a kick at him and, and just to have that kind of laugh and for it to actually have made the air is a slightly embarrassing. Yes, Paul. Remember Bill Hader told us that story about being a production assistant on I think Commando and, and uh, was it Arnold Schwarzenegger? And he's sitting there all alone with Arnold Schwarzenegger waiting for this thing to start. It's it's the best story I've ever heard. Carl Weathers ate the schnitzel. You know, he's the way he told us a thousand times better than I can. What a great guy. He he started running down all these people who ate the schnitzel. <laughs> and uh, and here he is, you know, 
probably right out of college, production assistant, 22 years of age, and he's got Arnold Schwarzenegger at the peak of his powers talking about all the people that ate the schnitzel. <laughs> and he's thinking, this is Hollywood. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. Uh, Arnold and his schnitzel. Uh, Juan in Los Angeles joins us. Hey, Juan, how are you today? Morning, Dan. Good morning. First time, long time. Six foot, two forty. Mm-hmm. Worst of the weekend. Pandemic canceled. My and my fiance's wedding and honeymoon. Ooh. Best for the time being. Still technically a single man. <laughs> Was the wedding supposed to be this weekend, Juan? Yeah, it's supposed to be on Sunday. It sucked, but you know, hopefully. When this is over, when it's safe to do it, we get to enjoy with our family and friends. But I'm spending my honeymoon on my couch watching the DP Shield guys. So okay, but Juan, you, you for- have to sound a little more de- de- depressed. Like the wedding was can't. You don't sound at least around your fiance because, like around us, okay, I get it. But man, you got to be a little more broken up about this think so yes. i got her flowers on sunday and like a card a little <laughs> dinner on the traeger so kind of had a little ceremony but okay but you know just be like gosh i really looking forward to this i you know what we're gonna we're gonna make the best of this and it's gonna be even better yeah like you have to you have to you have to think how she thinks Okay. <laughs> right. I'm worried about you, Juan. Right, you're not married. I don't no. know if you're ready. <laughs> Thank you, Juan. He could Thank be you. Juan and done. Oh, oh. Todd. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Just give me that. All right. Thank you. Uh, Gary in Iowa. Hi, Gary. Hey, Dan. How are you this morning? Oh, great, Gary. What do you have for me? Well, I had the best and worst of the weekend. Worst of the weekend is uh, the fact that my wife, she believes that camping isn't camping unless you're in a tent. So waking up off an air mattress isn't really the greatest three days in a row. Okay. Uh, best, of the week, best of the weekend is spending time with family you haven't seen forever, fishing, drinking beer, and, and just going boating. Uh, not a question about football, but I think I'm going to change it to a comment on your uh, poll question. Okay. I, I, had a, I had a question on your poll question, and that is if they did bump in crowd noise, is it going to be better for the home team? Are they going to get be getting louder when the home team's getting ready to score? Is it going to be the same for both teams? Well, I don't know if they just pump it into the broadcast itself or is it through the stadium. Thank you, Gary. Yes, McLovin. I saw a story the German League did not make it available to the players. It was just on TV, yeah, for and example. That, and that's what I don't know what TV is going to do. Are they going to use it for those watching and listening? as opposed to those in attendance or not being able to be in attendance. Is Seattle going to fill that stadium when the Seahawks play because it's a great home field advantage? Yeah, McLeod. Are we sure there are no fans because of that? Remember that Ohio I, State I don't know. plan anyway? I, yeah. I have no idea. So maybe football won't be an issue. What happens is, and baseball is the worst at this, everything gets leaked out. Everything with baseball gets leaked out. And that's why baseball's in the situation they're in right now. This should have been handled behind closed doors, behind the scenes. Now you get everybody involved in this. All oh, the players are spoiled. They don't care about the fans. Like all of this should be discussed inside. That's why when I didn't hear from Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, for three weeks, what did I say to you? This is great news. And here we are on the verge of bringing the NBA back because once you start to leak it out there, then all of a sudden people go back and forth. 
you know, you're volleying back and forth and it and it it muddies up the waters here. The NBA got behind closed doors. From what we learned from Adrian Wojnarowski, there were owners who did not know what was going on. He wanted to make sure that this stayed inside, truly inside, and they could make some decisions. They get one chance. The NBA, all these leagues get one chance here to get it right. And as Charles Barkley said first hour, if somebody tests positive, do you then take that team out of Orlando? What about the team they came in contact with? It's really, really tenuous here. I hope they're able to pull it off. I hope we get sports back. But if you're just looking at this from the logistical part of this, it'll be tough to pull off. If one player tests positive, that could bring the whole thing down because they're all in the same area. And this is what the NBA is trying to come up with solutions behind closed doors. And with, you know, some of these other leagues, you know, they're going to follow suit here. You know, the NHL might be closer to coming back than anybody else when you think about it. Jeff in St. Louis. Hi, Jeff. Good morning, Dan. Hope you had a perfect holiday weekend. Thank you, Jeff. My best of the week. Um, of the weekend was watching on Sports Center. They had the funniest commercials with you and Keith Olerman. I laughed so hard. It was so funny back in the day. And my worst of the weekend is Ryan Leith getting arrested again. Yeah, that was sad. And thank you, Jeff. I don't know any more than you do. And, you know, I sent the story around to the Danettes and uh, I didn't know if Paulie would hear from Ryan Leaf. They've maintained a pretty good relationship and McLovin as well through all of this. You know, for the last, what, seven years, we've stayed in touch with him, even when he was in prison. And we've rooted for him. We've had him on the show. And, uh, you know, he's got a, a baby, got a wife. And I don't know what happened. And I, he, he could have thrown everything away. He might have. And he's done a lot of work to make himself better. But I don't know any details here. I don't know who's involved with this. It's, it's, it's labeled a misdemeanor, but he has no margin for error. He, he doesn't have enough clout at ESPN. And that would be hard for ESPN to keep him. Unless he's able to tell them what happened and it, it's not, I don't know. Because it's dangerous for me to speculate. I just, I hope that Ryan is going to be able to come out of this because he's done a lot of work, but this, that was tough. That was tough over the weekend. I, I was sad um, for a variety of reasons, but uh, yeah, that, that one was tough because we've had him on and we get great reaction when we have him on because it feels like he's telling you how lost he was, how down he was. He was in prison, uh, breaking into houses to self-medicate um, and doing it a couple of times. But uh, hopefully the comeback story continues. That's all we can hope for. All right, we'll take a break here. We come back, Dean Blandino. We'll talk about NFL replay, the Sky Judge, some of the other rules here. What's he think of the new kickoff proposal with the NFL? 
and more of your phone calls as well. It's coming up on 17 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. More phone calls coming up. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Let me get to Bob in Florida, then we'll bring in Dean Blandino on loan from Fox. Hi, Bob. Hello. Good morning. 5'8", 199, and still in Tampa Bay. <laughs> okay. My, my, my best of the weekend was the two and a half hours of the This Is Sports Center highlight show, Best Of, featuring none other than Mr. Dan Patrick. And my worst is Juan and done because Juan should not be done. All right. Well, thank you, Bob. I appreciate that. Sound a little bit like the late Beano Cook there. <laughs> yeah, the commercials are done by Wyden and Kennedy. Those are the people who des- deserve all the credit for those ESPN commercials because they came in and they just hung around us for like a week or so. They went back and they came up with all those commercials. Wyden and Kennedy did a wonderful job and really changed. I think how people viewed sports center because it, it made us look like we were having even more fun than we were. And we were having fun. Dean Blandino works for Fox NFL rules analyst, former head of officiating uh, for the NFL. And he joins us on short notice. Good morning, Dean. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Dan. Thanks for having me. Let me ask you about this sky judge and what is being proposed. What is it supposed to be and what it's going to turn out to be in your opinion? Yeah, so this this came from two clubs, actually. The Chargers and the Ravens got together, and there were two proposals. One one was called a booth umpire that, that could help the on-field crew, obviously, sit upstairs, use video to help with administrative things, clock issues. Um, and then there, then there was a second concept called the STAR concept, senior technology advisor to the referee that would get involved in more subjective calls, player safety fouls, things like that. So... Really, you know, it's taking the PI review that we had last year and adding some elements to it and allowing someone upstairs with access to video to help the the on-field officials um, as they officiate the game. But there was no call on the game with New Orleans and the Rams. Could the Sky Judge initiate something that the officials didn't call on the field? So the way the way it's been proposed right now, it doesn't look like pass interference would be a part of that. And again, this is this, as far as I know, is not going to a vote for a regular season rule. This would be a preseason experiment. Yeah. Um, look at it during the preseason, kind of work out some of the kinks and then potentially in 2021 implement it. But you also had helmet to helmet on that play. So they missed the PI and there was a helmet to helmet. Could the sky judge then say, hey, I got a helmet to helmet, guys, because he yeah. can't he can't bring up the pass interference. Would that be safe to assume? Yes. If he had a, if, if the sky judge had a hit on a defenseless player, then that would be part of the, the list of plays that they could get involved in. And so that play, like you said, had two elements, pass interference, which was which was obviously everyone was talking about. But like you said, there was forcible contact to the head or neck area. And that, that is something that is in that list of, of plays that the sky judge could get involved. I was told by somebody involved in this process yesterday that there's a concern that the sky judge could see a lot of things elsewhere on the field 
and then how involved is the sky judge going to be? He's big brother watching out, but should you be able, do you have to go to him or can he go to you? If he says, well, I got an egregious holding call against Julio Jones on the other side of the field. Yeah, that's, that's the slippery slope. When we start talking about officiating the game with video, then you start to see things, right? You can slow it down. Maybe, maybe there was a hold on, on Julio Jones. Maybe, maybe the left tackle actually moved prior to the snap. Where do you draw mm. the line? And that's where I think it becomes, it becomes very dangerous to get into this, into this realm. We saw what happened last year with PI review, and now you start adding these subjective fouls. You know, where do you stop? Because at some point we got to say, look, officials are going to make mistakes just like players and coaches. We have to minimize them, but we can't be reofficiating every play. He's Dean Blandino, Fox NFL rules analyst and uh, former head of officials for the uh, NFL as far as replay goes. How often would you contact the officials on the field that, that we didn't know about when, when you're from the home office? Can you talk about this now of how often you'd yeah, actually do that? Sure. Look, it, it would happen from time to time. I mean, we had a, we had a plan in place, especially during the postseason, where if there was something, and this was going to be a break glass in case of emergency situation, right? This was going to be the Saints Rams. This was going to be something significant. We're not talking about something in the first quarter. This had end of game impact that we, we had a code word. I would get involved. I would communicate to the referee. We would get the officials together. They would have a conversation and we'd figure it out with the help of the video, right? That's not something that would happen very often. It would be in that isolated instance where if this is a play that we're going to talk about for years to come, let's get it right now, even if it's not within, within the realm of the rule, and, uh, and let's deal with it now. Didn't happen very often, but, but we did have that in place. What was the code word and what's one of the plays that you remember? You know, it wasn't, you know, the code word probably changed from referee to referee. It was something that we knew, you know, we established that before the game. It, it you know, it could be Mayday, Mayday, any, anything. I don't remember all the specific words. Could have been Dan Patrick, you know, that mm. you, you were a big, you're big in the officiating. Of course community. I am. So, yes. So that's what, you know, in some games we would use. Hockey really, really liked juice for that. But, <laughs> you know, I remember, I, I, you know, I remember there was one game. I, I'm not going to get into the particulars, but there was a there was a, a pretty significant miss on a player safety foul that the officials on the field missed. We picked it up in replay. We saw it um, communicated down to the referee after the play. It was a change of possession, so we had some time. Referee got the covering officials together. They talked about it, and they threw a flag. It happened late, but it was the right call. Again, that didn't happen very often, but who knows? If that had happened during that Saints-Rams game, what, you know, what would have happened after that? You know, the Saints go to the Super Bowl. Maybe we don't have a PI review. It's, it, look, it's not, a, it's not an easy subject. It's, I know there's probably people that feel you know, on both sides of the fence, but that's something we felt was important during that time. But you're at the home office. You're at Mission Control. What, now, so you have all these screens there that you're watching. And then when, when do you realize, hey, Dean, you got to see, do you have people who are spotters to then alert you to how important a call is? Yeah. So every game you'd have one person that's responsible for monitoring that game. If you have, you know, an early window on Sunday, you could have eight or nine games going on. So it's impossible for one or two people to see everything. So you have one person that's assigned to that game and they may call you over if they see something. They, they've got experience. They've been trained. Some have officiating experience. 
Um, it was easier during the postseason because you only have one game going on at a time. So, so everybody was on that game. I could focus solely on that game, and uh, and you were able to pick up more things. But again, it was we would only get involved outside of replay if it was something significant that that was going to have an impact on the outcome. Is this still going on? That mission control can then get a hold of the the head linesman or the field judge, whoever it is, and says, "I got a mayday here." Yeah, it's it's happening. It, you know, I think it happens more with administrative things, the clock, fixing a spot. But but there's no question that's happening. There's communication. The on-field crew may check. They may check upstairs with replay and uh, and say, "What do you think um, about that? That this situation or replay may see something." But why so, didn't so that happen that. in the Saints Rams game, Dean? Uh, that's that's uh, a great question. I just. I don't know. I don't know. Look, it's easy to sit here after the fact. I've been in that position. I've been in that position during Super Bowls and championship games. There's a lot of pressure. Um, you know, I, w- I would hope that if I was in that same position, I would have done something. It's it's easy to say after the fact. I, I don't know. I don't know what was going through, um, you know, the people in the, in the command center in their minds at that time. But obviously – had it happened, things things would look a bit different today. I don't know if you feel the same way. I, I've stressed this opinion before. I don't want all-star officiating crews in the postseason. I want you to have my back for 16 games during the regular season. We know each other. You can come up to me and say, Dan, I think you missed that one. Let's huddle up. And I don't take it personally. I know that you have my best interest at heart. I thought that the all-star officiating teams – Maybe there's a lack of communication. Maybe there's ego. Maybe you don't want to embarrass somebody. I don't know if that factored in in the Saints-Rams game, but it felt like there was one of the officials is over by uh, uh, Peyton, and he, yeah. it, he, I thought he was going to run in to say, hey, I, you know, we got something here. The official who was right there during the play waves him off. And I just, it struck me as strange, and maybe I'm overreading it, but... I just think the all-star crews, I like that you got rewarded. I'd rather reward a team for what they did during the regular season. What do you think yeah, of that? I, uh, no, there's no question. Look, I, I've been on both sides of that, and I understand the, the crew concept. Obviously, there's pros that you've been working together all year. You you create that that bond and that continuity, and the communication is so key because you've been doing it all along. Whereas the people that like the all-star crew, they say, well, you know, you've been compensating for a weak member of the crew all year. Do you want that person in the biggest game of the season, you know, on their own? So I think there's a balance there where you keep the crew together as much as possible. But if you do have, I guarantee if, if, if we said to an NFL team, look, I'm going to take your, your, your worst offensive lineman and I'm going to replace him with a pro bowler for this game. They probably jump at that, but but again, I like the continuity of the crew. I don't know how much that went into that play. Mm-hmm. I just think those officials reacted. Um, maybe had they been on the same crew, there might have been more communication. Again, it's all speculation at this point. But but I do I do understand the crew concept, and I think you keep the crews together as much as possible. The XFL with uh, the kickoff, or there's no onside kick, and now the NFL is toying with the fourth and fifteen instead of the onside kick. What do you think of this? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't necessarily, I understand. That didn't sound. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm I'm really, it's a a very positive, positive, you know. Um, Look, I'm for, I'm all for change, but I don't like change for just change's sake, right? I I want, I like the tradition of the game. I, I still think the onside kick, there's a chance. You look at the numbers, yeah, in 2000, in 2018, it had dropped drastically because of the rules changes. But last year, um, you know, it was up, up, you know, 12, 13%, which is, which is its historical number. I like the onside kick. I don't like a gimmick fourth and 15. I just feel like there's a lot of, you know, unintended consequences we have to see, you know, is it a safer play? Nobody knows. Nobody knows that fourth and 15 is safer than an onside kick with the new rules changes um, in terms of formation. So I like, I like where it is. I don't, I understand the reason. I know we need teams to have an opportunity to come back. You want closer games. You want more exciting finishes. I just think there's a whole host of things that have to be worked out on fourth and 15, you know, in that situation. What about penalties? Are you replaying the down if the offense pushes off and they get offensive pass interference? Are we trying it again? What about the clock? All of these different things. I I would like for the league to work those things out and, and then, and then have a good, healthy discussion over the course of, of time before they implement a drastic change like this. Dean, it's always great to touch base with you. Tell uh, Mike that we said hello. Is prayer, hello. is he behaving? He, he's in the other room. He's in my lounge right now. <laughs> but you two live together, right? We, we do. We have like a real-world situation. It's all the officiating experts. Sterator, Macaulay, we're all in one house. I like that. Dean, thanks for joining us. All right, Dan, take care. That's a Fox NFL rules analyst, and uh, he also worked with the XFL. You know what's happening. The question is, how often is it happening with, hey, the home office is going to buzz in and just say, hey, I got something here, guys. And if you're the home office, and I know I keep bringing up the Saints and Rams game, but that led to, that's why we're here where we are, is because of the Rams-Saints. If you see, just a helmet to helmet, that's where you have the officials huddle up. It's a helmet to helmet. It's obviously past interference. And yes, I know I've made this. I'm hearing from Rams fans. I know they had their chances. They had a chance in overtime and breeze through an interception. I get all that. I'm just talking about getting that play. And, and it's right in front of you. It was literally right in front of you. And you missed it. That's where I have a problem when we go, we're going to expand this. Okay, if you just get that call right, we're not talking about this. And you could have called helmet to helmet. And no one would have a problem with that. They would have said, and there was pass interference. Yes. Helmet to helmet, you could have gotten out of there unscathed. Yeah, McLovin. So every problem, though, with the rule last year, the review should have been, why won't the same problems be there next year? Like, what's different about this and reviewing the pass interference? It's basically the same thing to some degree. Well, you can't, unless there's a flag, I don't think you're using the sky judge. I don't think that you can implement a call. I don't think, I think you can say you missed a call, you huddle up on helmet to helmet, but I don't know if you can do it on a judgment call, I think is what Dean is saying. I, it, this is still open to interpretation here, and I think they want to see how it works in the preseason. I have no idea how much autonomy the sky judge is going to have here. Hopefully it's the officials on the field because what happens now with replay, a lot of times you'll just throw a flag and then you could pick it up because replay is there to help you. 
I want the officials to actually have the power, the authority, and be able to try to do their job correctly. Yeah, Paul. Again, I don't know if this has ever been said before, but Dean Blandino, who used to run the refs of the NFL, said the NFL has had this. And he specifically walked us through how they used to do it. They had a plan in place for emergency situations of a bad call, extremely bad calls at the end of games, specifically a playoff game, which yep. is exactly this. He said that they had it. Break, he said called it the break glass in case emergency plan. And he could call down. He said he used it a few times. He himself, how would it be possible if this was still in place, as Dean Blandino said it likely was, that they didn't do this in the Rams, Rams Saints game. That's what I don't know. It's a perfect example of using it. But he wasn't in charge back then, right? Dean was. He wasn't there. It was Riveron. Yeah, Al Riveron. I don't. I have no idea, because you watch that, and you have a chance to correct it. I don't know if they. I don't know what role you can play in that. Remember, they huddled for a good 20, 30 seconds. And right? I, I, they may, they may have been contacted. But I don't know how you contact them if you're the home office and you say, guys, there was obviously pass interference. You can get out of this by calling helmet to helmet, which there was helmet to helmet on that call. But I I don't know what that role and how much power you have and and can you do something like that on the field. I I don't know in real time how that would work. But the fact that Dean, without giving examples was saying he had done it before in postseason games but he talked about player safety well the helmet to helmet is player safety therefore you could have called in and had them change that we'll take a break here last call for phone calls i think reggie bush has a good idea i'll have that for you coming up as well here on the dan patrick show. thanks for listening to the dan patrick show podcast be sure to catch us live every weekday morning nine until noon eastern six to nine pacific on fox sports radio and you can find us on the iheart radio app at fsr or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the dan patrick show out of sight out of mind i didn't realize this but i don't know if we have a winner on fritzy's scoreboard challenge uh what are the numbers there fritzy We've got 71 and 20. All right. The clues for 71 and 20 for 71 is, are you ready for the answer? That's for 71. And for 20, any fanatic would know he's third to none. All right. So give me the answers there. McLovin, you got one? Any fanatic, Philly fanatic, third, Michael Jack Schmidt. May 26, 1990, Phillies retire. Mike Schmidt's number 20 is your number 20 part. Are you ready for the answer? Is like, are you ready for some football? Hank Williams Jr., born on this date, 71 years old today. Okay. There you go. But we didn't get a winner, right? I don't believe we did. All right. I saw where Damian Lillard doesn't want to uh, participate in a resumed NBA season if the Blazers don't have a true opportunity to make the playoffs. Uh, what are the standings with the Blazers? How many games out of the eighth spot are they, Paul? Dan, this is ironic because the Blazers really are the closest team to reaching the playoffs that aren't in the playoffs right now. They're 29 and 37. Memphis is 32 and 33. If the Blazers won three in a row and Memphis lost three in a row, the Portland Trail Blazers would have the eighth spot. They are the closest to the playoffs. But I don't know how many games they're going to play if they play any regular season games. They may just go right into the postseason. I, I would go right into the postseason, but you do want to have a couple of games to get ready. I just don't want to bring down 14 more teams if I don't have to, to Orlando. I saw this story with Reggie Bush. He was interviewed in Playboy, and he said that uh, he wishes that he had proper financial knowledge during his career, and some things could have been different for him. 
He talked about guidance is one thing that young athletes uh, come through college, the system they miss out on. He says, I missed out on it. They're about to start paying college athletes. This is something that's uh, never been experienced before. Well, they've paid them. They just haven't paid them publicly. It's going to destroy some people if their foundation is not in the right place. This is according to Reggie Bush. I've been a big proponent of this. I think it's the wild, wild west here. And I know Reggie lost his Heisman. He had to forfeit that after he and his family uh, reportedly received improper benefits from agents while he was at USC. He's saying that he wishes that he would have had proper financial knowledge. I hired good agents, uh, hired a good team, but I allowed that good team to make decisions for me. I don't know what's going to happen with we keep saying, well, there's only a couple of uh, Tim Tebow's or Johnny Manziel's or whoever it might be, Reggie Bush's. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about, let's say I want to get offensive linemen to go to Tennessee. I'm a steakhouse. And I say, hey, you guys are going to do a commercial for me. You guys are going to get $50,000 each. You do some appearances here and uh, you come over and uh, I have steak dinners for you guys whenever you want to. Starting offensive, let's say I'm trying to recruit offensive linemen. So I know I'm going to make $50,000 playing in the SEC at Tennessee. Um, all I got to do is they can use my likeness for a commercial. I got to pay taxes on it. I get steaks whenever I want to. Can you do that? And what if you run a car dealership? Then you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you this car. All you have to do is drive it around and... Uh, you know, you do uh, you know a couple appearances here. I'll give you a hundred thousand dollar car. Got a souped up Corvette. Just want you to drive it around. Got my uh, my my plates on it. You know, whatever it is. I, I just don't know what we're going to allow them to get away with. Like, what is permissible benefits here? And I think Reggie means well with what he's saying. I just think people are going to read into this and say, "Oh yeah, you got your money." Yeah, he did get his money. He lost his Heisman. You know. He's saying that financial guidance would be important. And I think, you know, somebody who helps athletes with finances, you know, even I've said the one and done, make sure if you don't care about college, we want to prepare you for life to be a professional basketball player. Help them with real estate, with stocks, with taxes. Uh, I mean, run down the list, balance a checkbook, like all these things that you go, well, of course they're going to know to do that. They don't know how to do that. Or chances are they don't. I understand that you want to have somebody there who can offer some guidance, but we're, we're entering the wild, wild west. Oh, we did have a winner, Marty in New York. I don't know if he became a winner after he heard Todd give the answer to it. But, <laughs> I don't know if that counts. But Marty is the winner. Uh, go around the room what we learned on the program, uh, but let me get uh, Jason in Michigan here first. Hey, Jason, what do you have for me? Hey, first time, long time, 5'10", 155. Uh, best of the weekend was Tiger and how smooth he looks. Worst of the weekend is my golf game. Uh, my brother-in-law, former brother-in-law, played golf with uh, Tom Brady at the University of Michigan course when they were there. A few years later, he gets me on the course or I'll play, and I'm, I'm about a 10 handicap. I start striping it midway through the round. Every time he comes to a ball, he says, oh, it's a good, good shot, but Tommy would hit it up there, and he always point about 50 yards farther. Then watching him play on Sunday, uh, I got so depressed about my own golf game, I had to shut off the, the TV and head outside. <laughs> I felt better when I watched Brady. I went out and played. Thank you, Jason. And did they ever ask Tom Brady why he doesn't use a driver? He was using a three-wood off the tee. I would love for him to say, you know what? I have a problem off the tee, or it's in my head. 
because he was using a three wood the entire time. I was just curious. I didn't. I never heard that. But Jason, thank you for the phone call. Uh, Zach in South Dakota. Hi, Zach. What do you have for me? Good morning, Dan. Dan X, six, six eight two forty, and I've also got someone uh, one ten eight pounds with me watching this first show today. I got a best and worst and an almost best of the weekend. Okay. Best would have to be my son Thomas being born early Friday morning. Awesome. Awesome. And, and getting it, getting to introduce him to the world with me wearing uh, his first name is Tom shirt that I got from you guys. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You know what? Take uh, a picture word. of that if you can, Jack, yep, and send did. that to us. Yep. Seton and Polly should have it. I, I tweeted it at him this morning. Oh, good. Okay. So uh, a worst is the hospital Wi-Fi not being good enough to enjoy a Friday show with him. I hope uh, we didn't miss anything too important there. <laughs> All right. What part of South Dakota are you in? Uh, Sioux Falls. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thanks for the phone call, Zach, and uh, congrats yeah. on uh, little Tommy there. We appreciate phone call. Yeah. Uh, Caleb in North Carolina is back. Hey, Caleb. Hey, Dan. Good to talk to you again. Glad to see everybody back in the man cave. Fritzy, hope to see you soon. And uh, just some best from the weekend. Saw Kyle Busch won the Xfinity race, repping my alma mater, App State, for the entire uh, race. Great to see. And then Tiger Woods looked great out there on Sunday. All right. Thanks for the phone call. That was my big takeaway. Tiger looked really, really comfortable. And I would be really, really nervous if I'm the rest of the tour. Let's go around the room, and what did we learn on the program? Back left with Todd. Charles Barkley thinks the PGA Tour should mic the players. If you're not going to have fans in the gallery there, let's uh, spice things up a little bit. Well, the hard part is you you got to wear that earpiece, and that's uncomfortable. And then you have the battery pack with your microphone on, and, and some, I think they had two battery packs in case one went down. That will take some t- uh, getting used to. The earpiece, that would take some getting used to. McLovin? Charles says he'll play in the next match as long as he can drink and smoke cigars. <laughs> sure, why not? There's no rules. Seton? NFL officials using code words. Mayday, mayday. Mayday, mayday. I thought there'd be something a little, you know, saucier than that. I mean, come on. Paulie, what'd you learn today? I think we all learned. Apparently, the NFL for years had a sky judge back in New York. Oh, we just got the picture from uh, with little Tom here in South Dakota. Oh, that's cute. Tommy. Yeah, got his uh, Tom Brady T-shirt on. Fritzy, what did I learn today? Uh, I think we're a bit more certain that MJ had something to do with Isaiah Thomas not <laughs> being on the Dream Team. What we learned brought to you by LegalZoom. They made it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today. The right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Great to be back. Good to have Seton and McLovin in the studio. We'll do it again tomorrow. Seton, Paulie, Fritzy, McLovin, yours truly here on the Dan Patrick Show.